Hi guys, welcome to episode four. I am coming to you huddled in a corner in my house because we are living through the realities of a modest makeover (laughs) currently. My father-in-law and mother-in-law are in town and my father-in-law who has a heart of gold is currently helping us to relocate a pipe that we discovered unexpectedly uh, and unfortunately in our downstairs bathroom. So if you hear some noise, that's what it is. But hopefully my positioning will prevent any extra sound effects. Well, now that that's being said, uh, let's talk about last week's episode. I got some feedback about the last episode that I think was really helpful and I'm already working on planning some episodes that will go room by room and space by space through Modest Makeovers. So it also seems like some of you guys enjoyed the guide. Uh, So I am looking into making some more room-specific guides in the future as well. This episode kind of fits into that idea of being room-specific, but it's really more about the story of our Modest Makeover than it is about how to do a modest bathroom makeover well. I will hopefully, in a few weeks' time, have another bathroom I can walk you through that I can use to detail kind of the steps of doing one. But that's enough about that. Let's get into today's episode. So this is all about the primary bathroom in our house. And when we toured this house, this room genuinely was one of my favourite things about the house. When you walk through the door from the bedroom into the bathroom. On the back wall, there is a wall-to-wall double shower. I mean, two shower heads, luxury. It's a a large kind of subway tile, but um, longer or larger scale, white tile, just stacked, um, slightly offset, and then pony walls on both sides and glass at the top. And it just feels spacious and luxurious. So, The shower, we moved in and when we did inspections, the shower worked great, the toilet worked great, but the double vanity in there was this, um, I think cultured marble is what it's called. And it had three drawers in the middle and then two wide cupboards, one under each sink. The annoying thing about these was the way that they had no shelf in them. Um... So all of the items under the sink were kind of just shoved under there and it was very hard to organise them. We fairly recently, I mean, I think it was about five months after moving in that we actually were able to tackle it. So we lived in the space for a while. Um, We also had above the vanity, typical builder grade mirror, you know, the one that takes up the whole wall and then a very, very standard, again, builder grade light above it. And our house was built, I want to say early 2000. The mirror and the light, they worked fine. They were not aesthetically my style, so to speak, but they were fine to live with. I mean, it's a bathroom. Having a bathroom adds value. (laughs) So the bathroom and then the bedroom it's connected to, they're really the only places exclusively accessible to me and my husband. So there are no kids allowed. um, And that's extremely luxurious when you're a parent, if you don't know. And so I really wanted to allow it to feel like a luxurious space. If you remember last week's episode, step two of the modest makeover is 
all about research. So that's where I figured out what I liked. I was very much inspired by the Ludlow Hotel and the design of um, Lind and Almond at Hotel Sanders in Copenhagen. I loved, and I will include some images on the website, I loved the use of polished metal versus brushed metal. I loved the spread faucets. Um, to me, they just have a, such a nice timeless feel. And then I liked the kind of art deco inspired lighting and the simple shapes used for mirrors. Kind of researching that helped me inform my dream scenario. And in my dream scenario, you know, you have to start big and then kind of break it down. So in my dream scenario, executing the design I like would have meant ripping out the vanity and replacing that with two freestanding sinks, probably wall mounted with gorgeous marble tops, and then having two mirrors, one over each sink, and then wall mounted sconces on either side of each mirror. But because I'd done research, I knew that doing all of those things would be the literal opposite of modest. So ripping out the vanity could have been pricey because I had no idea if the flooring ran all the way underneath it or not. And we don't have the tile on the floor in there. We don't have any extras. So if there wasn't tile underneath the vanity, we would have needed to try to match it or rip everything out and retile. And that would, of course, drastically increase the cost of the project. I also knew that moving the electrical so that we could have those wall-mounted sconces I was talking about, that that would require bringing in an electrician and having the electrician cut and patch the wall, and that would also increase the cost of the project. So I tried to find a compromise. Um, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this in the last episode, but compromise is a key part of the modest makeover in the research and planning phase and in the shopping phase. So Remember, you're starting with this ideal in a perfect world where money was no object scenario, and then you're you're kind of distilling it down to the things that really matter and the things that you can actually execute modestly. So our compromises were, instead of replacing the whole vanity, just replacing the top and the faucets um, so that we would have a marble top and chrome faucets. The top we found, I think, ended up being $400 plus tax. I'm really trying to keep track of numbers for you guys because I think that that, that adds to the credibility of, you know, calling this modest. So the top we found, yes, $400 plus tax on sale from Lowe's. And I measured our existing vanity and I kid you not, I measured it about three times to make sure that the top would fit. The next compromise Instead of replacing the vanity, obviously we got the top and the, and the faucets. The next compromise was to go for one big mirror, but one that wouldn't take up the whole wall like the builder's grade ones do. So I wanted a framed mirror reminiscent of the ones used by Lyndon Almond. Uh, I ended up finding a really large one in nickel on Wayfair.com. I would have preferred chrome, but I think that it either wasn't available or was way pricier. And I didn't want to budge on the price. So... Um, and then I got an Art Deco-inspired overhead light rather than the sconces from Lumens, which is also linked in the show notes. Quick tip here, for the mirror, I took the measurements that were online and measured the same width and length out of blue painter's tape. And then I taped it roughly onto the middle of the mirror just to make sure, and that's the existing mirror, just to make sure that the measurements were right and it wasn't too big or too small for the wall. So I did the same thing for the light fixture to make sure that it was the right width for the mirror. And I did the same thing for the taps. Well, ish, I essentially just made sure that the compatibility, the spacing on them 
would work for the vanity that we were purchasing. Now, before I purchased anything, I had a spreadsheet going with all of the items and what they cost and where they were from. So this really helped me keep track of what we needed. And it also allowed me to have a reference for prices and hence when sales came through. So I had that spreadsheet, I think, for about four or five months before I actually bought anything. So like I said in the last episode, it doesn't have to be rushed. Taking my time for the prices to get where I wanted them to be allowed me to save overall, which is a key part of me keeping it modest. The final step, of course, is execution. I will let you know how that all went after my thing of the week. My thing of the week this week is a Brutalist-esque table lamp from Zara Home. It is one of those rechargeable lamps, which means it doesn't need to be plugged in. So you can use it just about anywhere, which I love. The lamp costs $109. So I know it's more than my husband would ever want to spend on a table lamp. But in the grand scheme of things, it's on the lower end price-wise. Speaking of Zara Home, they actually have a collaboration going on currently with the designer Vincent Van Dusen. And there are some really lovely pieces as part of the collection. I actually saw um, a really lovely water glass and I'm a sucker for lovely glassware. So if those sound interesting to you, I've linked to those glasses in the show notes as well. All right, let's get back to the episode. Okay, so the modest makeover did not go according to plan. The vanity top arrived with the sinks and it was gorgeous. And we had the corresponding side splash and it had the three holes for the eight inch faucet centers, just like I'd planned. And the width was the same as the width of our vanity. So we were a go. And so then my husband disconnected the plumbing and we removed the existing vanity top and its backsplash and its side splash. And we left them all on the side of the road, including the faucets. And then we picked up the very heavy new top and lifted it onto the vanity and it would not fit. I kid you not, I said, oh, we must just need to shift over a half inch or two. You know, just a little bit to the left or a little bit to the right. And unfortunately, I was wrong. I was quite wrong, actually. It was never going to fit. It was literally never going to fit. And this was because even though the vanity top that we had originally and the new one that we had purchased were the same total width, They had a different width between the two sinks. So I'd mentioned earlier, we had sink and then underneath it, a cabinet, and then a sink and underneath it, a cabinet, and between the two, a set of drawers. And the new vanity top did not account for the drawers. So I cannot begin to express fully how devastating this was. I was also just so embarrassed because my husband had literally asked me twice if I had measured correctly, and I had said yes, because I had but I also had not measured everything correctly. So this step, this step is why I am so, 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 so adamant about measuring every part of the items that you source before you pull the trigger and actually purchase them. It saves you on money and it saves you on inconvenience, which is well worth it in my book. So how did we fix it? Obviously, once this happened, I knew that I was back to square one. So we either needed a new vanity 
entirely or we needed a new vanity top or we needed to put the old one back on and of course I was thinking you know no going back like that thing is out there on the side of the road let's leave it there now I actually know the correct distance I need in between the sinks for a vanity top to work so I will just find a different vanity top so I went back to the same website which I think I mentioned earlier that was Lowe's and I actually noticed that they don't always include that measurement, which is why I had assumed that they were all the same width, which was wrong. Um, so then I went to Wayfair. There are some people who have really strong opinions about Wayfair. Uh, it's not my favorite place to shop, but there are some things I'm willing to get from there. Anyway, I found a new vanity top that had the correct width between sinks. I found it on Wayfair and it was about three to four hundred dollars more for the top alone and my original budget for our modest upgrade had been around a thousand dollars so this would have increased my budget by about three or four hundred dollars thankfully my husband had also started looking and he was actually considering whole vanities not just a vanity top which i hadn't been considering so um as he was looking we discovered that because of a sale remember to wait for sales because of a sale that home depot was running we could actually get a whole vanity for basically the cost of the vanity top i'd found and even though it was more than i had originally planned to spend and even though we ran the risk of there being no tile under the existing vanity which would be a problem of its own it did also mean that we would have the chance to have a nicer vanity and actually have shelves in the vanity so we could better use the space in there so we ordered a vanity and then we had to wait a week or two weeks for it to arrive. And during that waiting period, we did not rehook up vanity top and plumbing. We just relied very heavily on our guest bathroom. Um, so once the vanity arrived, we, you know, we triple checked the size of it and then we ripped out the rest of the existing vanity. Are you ready for this? <laughs> Remember the dial in our bathroom? Yes. It did not run all the way under the vanity. There was no tile under the vanity. Yep, no tile under the vanity. So we looked to see if we could find the tile that we have on the floor in the rest of the room, and we could not. And tile matching is just near impossible. I think maybe depending on the type of tile it is, it might be possible but it is extremely difficult. And even if they look the same, sometimes the texture is different. And this is not just me calling it quits. This is like, I mean, the guy who installed our countertops, I asked him if he had matching tile for what we had in our bathroom, our guest bathroom, and he said no. He said it's impossible. So we gave up on that. And then finally, my father-in-law, he recommended that we just test out the placement of the vanity in the space the new vanity to see how much of the floor was even going to show underneath it and it ended up being that when we actually put the vanity in the bathroom just to look at it there was the tiniest sliver of ground that was going to show so i'm very much against ad hoc tile on top of tile type building i don't like that and we didn't do that um but I will say that for this tiny sliver of floor that was going to show, it just did not make sense to rip out the whole room and replace it. And you don't want to just leave subfloor showing underneath it either. So in the end, we just added some tiles that matched the base of the vanity so that it just blends really well. Unless you look 
really closely, you're not going to be able to tell that under the vanity there's a different um, there's a different tile. Once the vanity was in, my husband and his dad worked on patching and painting the wall where the old mirror had come off. And then we got to work on installing the lighting and the mirror. Um, I say we, but I mean my husband. The bathroom light that I ordered, which I still love, it's gorgeous. It actually arrived broken. So I'm not sure if it was shipped broken or if it was when they delivered it, that it wasn't handled properly and then it got broken. All I know is that when I when it arrived and we opened that box, it was broken. It was like such a blur. I think it, that was after the vanity too. And thankfully, Lumens, um, the vendor for the light, they have a great damaged items process. So I worked with them and they had a new one delivered to us really quickly. All in all, our modest makeover of the primary bathroom was fairly successful. There are still some things I'd like to change. I would love to add a wall-hung toilet paper holder. We had one attached to our old vanity when we first moved in, but it was set too far back, so you kind of had to reach back on the left side to reach it. Um, Not really user-friendly. I'd also love to change out the pulls and handles on our new vanity. So it came with two different sets, and I don't like either of them. (laughs) They're fine, but considering the other fittings in the room and the the faucets and the light fixture, they seem really boring and a little too modern. And I think we need something more classic. There are a few other things that I think would be nice to have, but I know that I have to know when to stop. Um, But to give you an idea, I'd also like to add a built-in heated towel rail, which requires electricity, so it's not really modest. But we could also maybe do a plug-in one. Um, And then I've also gone back and forth on changing the wall outlet plates and light switch covers. I love the idea of having polished chrome covers and plates. But I also know that, number one, not everybody likes them. And number two, I don't know that they really add value. So anyway, all in all of what I know that we spent, and I'm saying that because I think my father-in-law purchased thinset and grout for the tiles, and he also fixed up the walls where the old backsplash was ripped out and because my husband bought paint and I have no idea and he doesn't remember what it cost. So all in of what I know we spent was as follows. On the light, the new light above the mirror, we spent $287 and it was on sale. So we saved $71 on it. Uh, The vanity, we spent $700, but it originally cost $900 before tax. On the mirror, we spent $260. And on the faucets or the taps, which I got from Wayfair, we paid $127 for each one. So $254 in total. So overall, we ended up spending $1,400 on our modest makeover, which is pretty decent for a significant difference in the function and feel of the space. It feels luxurious and it's a space I enjoy being in a lot. I actually sometimes take a glass of wine in there after the kids go to bed, which feels like a treat. Anyway, there you have it. I am working on getting some spaces photographed in our home. I could take them myself, but I feel very much ill-equipped in that area. Not my skill set. If at the time when this is going up, I've taken photos, I will link to them in the show notes. Otherwise, never mind and forget I said anything. Thanks for joining me on today's episode. I hope having heard about our bathroom, you can avoid some of my mistakes 
or at least kind of go in with eyes open knowing what to plan and prep for. As far as this goes, part of the challenge when you're planning this is the faith that all the different items will work together. It doesn't have to be a blind faith. I often screenshot elements and just paste them in a PowerPoint or a Google slide so that I can see roughly how they all look together. I highly recommend doing that. All right, well, that is today's episode. In the next episode, I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing Hannah Otto, the DIY blogger extraordinaire behind the Otto House. I am so, so excited that she said yes to me interviewing her. And if you don't know her, go ahead and look her up. Hannah is extremely humble, hardworking, and very knowledgeable. So I know it's going to be a great episode. Anyway, until then, have a great few days and I'll see you next time.